Hi, family. I'm typically, these days, in front of the camera. Many of you know that I've taken the podcast to YouTube. And so I'm in the process of um, converting the videos to audio to post here. The ones that I've already posted on the YouTube page. Um, And just wanted to like quickly check in because I know it's kind of been a minute since I've recorded either video or um, audio podcast. But I wanted to like let y'all know that it's because I've been in the trenches. (laughs) Um, And it's so cool to like go through stuff and not wear it. You know, like it's so cool to go through stuff and and it not like change you for the worse. Like it's it's so cool to be refined by grief and to be refined by um, the things of life and the stuff of life. You know, lack um, makes you resilient. It makes you resourceful. Baby, I know how to go in that pantry and that refrigerator and make something out of nothing. Do you hear me? Um, I know how to go in that closet and make something out of nothing. I know how to go in Goodwill and come out and make something out of nothing. Okay? And I thank God for that. I thank God for the creativity that he's given me, for the wisdom he's given me, for the set of circumstances that he's given me, because he wrote this. He wrote my story. Isn't that beautiful? Like what you're living out is God's penmanship. Like just let that like simmer for a minute. I am living out God's story for me. Now I'm a writer, so I understand how laborious writing is, but I also understand how beautiful it is to labor over something and to let your pen fly or let your fingertips fly across a keyboard and come out with this beautiful tapestry of images and rhetoric and memories that evoke such emotion. Like, Storytelling is one of the greatest gifts that God has ever given us. The story of the gospel is the greatest story ever told. And the same one that wrote the gospel, the same one who is at the helm of the greatest story ever told, he penned your novel. And it's not done yet. You might have think thought that you've reached like the climax, or you might have you might have thought that you have most certainly reached the part of the story that is the conclusion. But you have no idea the kind of plot twist that God has in store for you. And I am careful when I say things like that because I realize that the modern church has deified the people who sit in the pews. Most certainly, I know that. The only person that's more important than the modern preacher is the modern churchgoer. 
because the modern preacher is at the mercy of the tither, is at the mercy of the churchgoer, is at the mercy of the tweeter, is at the mercy of the Instagram influencer, is at the mercy (laughs) of the people with the ears that itch and itch and itch and itch and itch, right? And so I have to be careful when I say things and I talk about breakthrough or or I talk about like what God wants to do in us. And I talk about like how God wants us to prosper and be in health, even as our soul prospers. I have to be careful because I have seen how the promises of God have been manipulated and all the stipulations and all the requirements and all the qualifications to receive the promises of God that are in him, yes, and in him, amen, to the glory of God, somehow conveniently get left out. And you think if you're a quote unquote good person, that everything's going to be Gucci for you. Or because you're a quote unquote good person, that quote unquote bad things shouldn't happen to you. That God owes you something when he gave you everything so you could have anything and you choose the thing that he hates and then you look at him sideways. Be careful not to be a worker of iniquity. Be careful not to hinge your entire faith on you. Be careful of the rhetoric that says Christ died for you while you were yet sinner because you were worth it. Because you were so beautiful to him that he just, he just. Bible says God so loved the world. It's all of us. Even the sinner. The world does not revolve around you. We are a body. We're a body. And if everybody sees about someone else, everybody's needs are going to get taken care of. So stop being so consumed about your stuff. When are you going to meet your husband? When are you going to get your car? When are you going to get your healing? <laughs> it's like, you know what I noticed? I noticed like the more I belong, the less I care about my stuff. The more I live communally, the more I live on mission, the more I wash feet, the more I live like a servant, the less I care about my stuff. Because it's just so fulfilling to be in a body of believers that keep the main thing the main thing. It is just so refreshing to see God pour out his spirit on all flesh. What do you care about? Why do you care about it? What's important to you? Why is it important to you? You know, I was having a conversation with my dad about like Greek sororities and fraternities and how they're demonic. And he was just asking me to send him some some of my resources and and, and I obliged for sure. but it's interesting to me when I broach the subject about like um, here are the here are the main ones that always ruffle feathers: Enneagram, Yoga, um, Zodiac signs, or like astrology, 
and um, Greek fraternities. Those are the ones that like always like somebody is willing to throw hands for these things, which is always super telling to me because do you ride for God like that? Like, it's just, it's, I don't understand. Um, but I was telling him, I'm like, well, beyond anything, dad, I said, um, you have to take oaths to be a part of these sororities. Uh, you have to bow before altars. You, 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 you gotta do a whole bunch of stuff that is just plain straight up idolatry. There's just no two ways around it. You sing songs, you make the sounds, you do the little languages, you have the secret meetings, you do the little rituals. Um, some of y'all shed blood, you do the hazing, you do all the things to be a part of an organization that is founded um, on Greek deities. And so that's weird to me that anybody would not see what's wrong with that or be like, no, there are Christians in this organization. You know how much Christians do? Do you know how much Christians do? A Christian being a part of something sinful doesn't make the thing not sinful anymore. It just makes the Christian deceived. I've talked ad nauseum about yoga and how the poses and the words that you say and how you open yourself up to, again, deities, Hindu small g gods and goddesses you open yourself up to all these different spirits through yoga which is a practice and people want to fight with me i've talked about how zodiac signs are literal demons that you're attaching yourself to spirits principalities all these things that you're attaching yourself to and there is clear clear distinction in god's word that you should have nothing to do with, with the practices of darkness. You should have nothing to do with astrology and divination and necromancy and idolatry. And just like, stay away from this stuff. Stay away from this stuff. Because it's, it's utter darkness. And it just invites and gives just a legion of demons legal right into your life and your marriage and your womb and your children and your job and and your mind and your heart and your body and my thing is always this i'm like yes we have the same google we all got the same youtube we can type in test you know i always say like just type in deliverance from and have a field day whatever you choose type in testimony of <laughs> type in renouncing my letters or denouncing my fr- my sorority or my fraternity have a field day like type in just go just do your own research we got the same google got the same youtube but above all that y'all know we got the same god and the same inerrant word of god so whatever questions or qualms you have the answer is in the text always so like i'm not gonna sit up here and pontificate and and jump through all these hoops and like have all these arguments and existential conversations like it's your soul i'm not gonna be at the gate you don't have to plead your case to me you don't have to do the twitter fingers with me you don't have to comment on my facebook status like it's this is between you and God. This is your soul. This is your eternal 
resting place. Wouldn't you want to know? Wouldn't you want to not just be left up to your own devices or your own logic? If you have not learned anything, don't you know that when you choose to be a part of this fold and when you choose God and you abandon all others, that you also have to abandon your logic? Your sense of reason is so far removed from God's divinity, his sovereignty, his omniscience, his holiness. It's some stuff you're not going to get. Some stuff you gonna, you only going to get by way of trial. It's some stuff you only going to get by believing, by trusting, by saying yes, by bowing your head, by renouncing, by repenting, by saying, examine me. I think I'm looking in the mirror. I think I look good. But I might not even really have eyes to see or ears to hear. Examine me. Examine me. Show me myself. Show me my sin. Show me the stuff that so easily besets me. Show me the stuff that everybody else sees. Show me the stuff that I ignore. Show me the things that I've suppressed. Show me me. Because if me don't look like you, I'm doing it wrong. If me is not even trying, if me is not even pressing, I'm doing it wrong. If I don't look, if I got the same bloodline, And yet I look nothing like my elder brother. Who am I a son of? Do you bear any resemblance to God the Father? Do you have any, anything in you that resembles Christ the Son? Do you talk anything like his Holy Spirit. Are you friends with the world? Because it's some stuff like you just can't do. If you're going to be over here, it's just some stuff you can't do. And idolatry is like at the top of the list. You cannot exalt yourself. You cannot be so consumed with the things that you want or the things that you deem are right that you forget about God. His way is perfect. He's holy. Now, he wouldn't tell you to be ye holy if it was impossible. He's giving you that commandment because it is possible through Christ. Does that mean you're going to be perfect or sinless? Absolutely not. But it sure does help. Holiness helps. Holiness works. Don't let nobody tell you different. It's some stuff that my stomach is turned off to that I indulged in before I came back to the Lord. It's some stuff, if I even think about it, it'll make my stomach turn. That used to be the height of pleasure for me. That old life makes me sick. You got to choose this day. You can't have your toe in the world and the rest of your body in the church. And you'd be like, well, God, most of me is over here. Still like cussing and drinking a little bit. Still like popping these edibles every now and then. But I'm over here with you, God. And you know my heart. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep, he does know your heart.
Do you know your heart? Do you know God? Do you know that you could do all the stuff? You could work the miracles. You could heal people. Um, you could you could um, speak in tongues. You can do like all the stuff, right? You could prophesy, and you can still be a worker of iniquity at the end of the day. You know you could do all that stuff and still go to hell. You know you could do all that stuff and God be like, I never. You know how absolute of a word, of a term that never is? That means you can do all that stuff and not know God. That means that you can front spiritually. You can, you can put on spiritually. That is wild to me. You know what that makes me think? That makes me think that works are not necessarily fruit. Because you could do something just to be doing it. Or you could be doing something because God told you to. Fruit of the spirit. That remains. It's not fickle. You really can't fake that funk. People who have fruit of the spirit are known by God. Because it's like you can't have like real joy outside of him. You, can't, you really can't have real peace outside of him. You really can't suffer long outside of him. Whatever you think you're doing outside of him, it's, like, it's just inconsequential. If it don't lead back to him. Bible says only the things that you do for the kingdom will last. You might be able to sustain it for now. But when it really matters and when the rubber hits the the streets paved with gold, everybody not going to get in. Everybody who says, Lord, Lord, they won't get in. Keep it real with yourself. What are you trying to attract? What, 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 why, are you, why are you doing this law of attraction stuff? Why, why, are you doing, why are you trying to apply demonic activity to your life? Why are you trying to take biblical principles that have been perverted and do those? Instead of just doing what's right. Why are you trying to circumvent and circumnavigate a life that is laid down for the Lord? You want all the stuff, though. You want to you want to do all the manifestation and the, you know what I'm saying? You want to do the grand rising. You want why? Why you why? I was I was watching this video the other day and they were talking about Bluey, which is this cartoon, and you know, I've been convicted about this whole thing because you know I do not rock with Disney at all but bluey is on disney and bluey only has like three or four five or six episodes that we have to skip past because they have witchcraft in them and let's just you know let's just monitor the kids it's not that bad and they they only watch disney plus for bluey and that's fine but it's like 
we know it's not fine, right? <laughs> like, we know it's not fine. And it's a shame. Because if they would leave out all the madness, it would really be a beautiful show. But I was watching this lady pretty much do what me and Kel did. Like, dissect certain scenes of this move, of this show. And there's a particular episode where... Um, um, Bluey or Bingo, I can't remember which one it is, has to go see the wise old werewolf or something. And you can tell this one, this character is like a shaman and tells her basically to do a, um, basically they're doing a spell, right? And <laughs> long story short. And, um, you know, the woman was just talking about how, like, like these things, while they might not be overtly just like screaming demonic right while they're not there might not be like an an overt witch or you know any of the things that we would deem like as like immediate red flags what these things are communicating to our children are principles principles that if you want something you can use magic that if you want wisdom you can go see a shaman or a psychic that if you want wisdom you can sit in a certain posture and you can meditate. These are all things that have been in Bluey, right? And kids are much smarter than what we get them, give them credit for. And when they're in their formative years, their minds are sponges. So they're internalizing these concepts and it's not what's up. Like, and I've said it before, like the reason I don't like Hocus Pocus and Halloween Town and all, that's an old one, but you know, all these movies about witchcraft is like, it's like, I'm not trying to give my children a great caricature of what a witch looks like. Witches are funny. Oh, they're cool. They can do spells. They can do magic. They, I want all the, I want to, I want the word spell to be a cuss word in my house. Do you understand me? Like, none of this is cute. I'm not giving my kids euphemism for what God says will separate you from him. Why is necromancy and divination in all of these Disney movies? Since we were watching, why, why can, can Simba talk to his father after he um, follows Rafiki, who's obviously some kind of voodoo priest? Why, 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 why? The dead don't have no say. How, how can Simba hear his dad talking to him? Hmm? Uh, why Mulan uh, raising up all the spirits of her ancestors to become a ninja? If you just just go through the movies, fam. Or like I said, we got that same Google. We got that same YouTube. It's tons of videos. Tons of videos about this stuff. Why is this okay when our babies are watching it? You know, in these last couple of years, I've been learning about marine spirits and my kids already know, ain't no mermaids in this house. We don't do mermaids. And people think you're tripping when you say stuff like that. But it's like the enemy can use anything as an entry point. Fairies are, where do you see a fairy in the Bible? We don't rock with fairies. You understand what I'm saying? And so it's like, if I don't draw the line for my kids and if I don't draw it definitively, if I don't train them up in the way that they should go, they will fall for anything. They will be much 
more um, gullible if I don't tell them what's what right now. It ain't no Santa. It ain't no Santa Claus, fam. None. Nan. That's not even why we doing this. So, you know, sometimes I can go on a tangent. But here's the point. The world is trying to indoctrinate as many of us as it can. Satan trying to bust hell wide open. Because misery loves company. And his end has already been sealed. So he's recruiting you. He's recruiting you. And he's cunning and he's conniving and he's sitting sneaky, sly in some tall grass waiting to pounce on you. Waiting to devour you. And it won't be something far out or far fetched that he will entice you with. No, it'll be your own desires that will drag you away. That's what the Bible says. So just be careful of what you want. Sit with yourself and ask yourself what you want and why you want it. Because your want can lead you to one of two places. Here's what I desire. (laughs) I desire to be known by God. I desire to dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. I desire to hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. I desire to be inconvenienced for God. I'm not about to sit up here and be inconvenienced for Satan. I'm not about to let my selfish desires, I'm not about to let my flesh inconvenience me. I have spent enough years of my life being inconvenienced by my flesh, making provision for my flesh. I'm not doing that no more. Somebody asked me why I wasn't drinking alcohol anymore. Baby, I didn't gave alcohol. I didn't had enough alcohol for a lifetime. I didn't gave alcohol enough and it ain't gave me nearly as much as I've given it. Alcohol has stolen from me. I've never been in a situation where I'm like, "Mm, so glad I was drunk for that. Man, this hangover has been fantastic. Ooh, I love spending $100 at the bar last night. That was fun. Never. Ooh, I loved having that $50 hold on my card, even though I only had one drink and now I'm overdrawn. (laughs) Why do you want what you want? And are you willing to let God give you the desires of your heart? Give you his desires that become your desires so that you can be pleasing to him. Are you willing to let go of what the world is telling you is best for you to receive God's best for you? (sighs) Love y'all.